Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to answer some of your gardening queries. Later on, I'll be joined by the founding editor of BBC Gardener's World magazine, one of the top gardening journalists out there. It's Adam Pascoe. My thanks to Mr Fothergill Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. Several weeks back I did uh, warn you about the Blackthorn winter, and lo and behold on... Uh, Tuesday night. Quite a sharp frost across the country. Boy, I hate that. Early warm springs and then a night frost. I was out after dark with tubes of uh, horticultural fleece, slipping them over branches of my apricots and the very early fruiting plums in the hope that I could uh, protect those fruits. It's uh, a really tricky time. I don't know what our neighbours thought with these ghostly apparitions floating on the branches of my trees, but uh, there we are. You know, in the old days, they used to have uh, heaters that they put in orchards and big cubes of paraffin wax that they set alight. And the heat from those heaters and the wax and the black smoke helped to uh, give some frost protection. Now they tend to use irrigation or great big uh, Spanish tunnels with polythene cover. It uh, can be a frustrating time for fruit growers. Now there are lots of uh, gardens, public and uh, private, opening up to the public and it's certainly worth keeping an eye out for those that are local. I noticed that my local uh, RHS Garden Hyde Hall has a spring plant fair this coming weekend and the azaleas and rhododendrons, they're all breaking and I would like to try and get to the Windsor Valley Garden, Windsor Great Park. They're going to look fantastic in the next week or two. If you're out gardening and haven't really touched the soil for some months, don't really dig deeply at this time of year. If you dig especially heavy soils, they just come up in big lumps and dry out and it'll be very difficult to grow anything sensibly through the summer. Much better to just very thinly chip off any weed growth and then fork up the top inch or two of soil, mix in a bit of old compost if you've got some handy uh, and then you will be able to sow. Growth may not be quite so good as with winter digging but it'll be good enough. Under shrubs and in amongst perennial flowers quite a useful tip is to do what we call slice cultivating. Get the spade horizontal and just cut off a slip of soil that's about an inch or an inch and a half deep and then flip it over like tossing a pancake and that buries all the trash and leaves you with a nice clean surface. Put a sprinkling of general fertiliser, especially under shrubs, well, and amongst the perennial flowers and then it'll be all set for the summer. If you want to make life really easy, then a good mulch on top of that 
just to keep the moisture in and to smother the weeds under shrubs, uh, I sometimes use lawn mowings. What you have to be careful is that the lawn mowings don't go right up close to the stem. Leave two or three inches just so that uh, there is some air between the shrub and those uh, mowings. I've planted a, a new row of asparagus and the new shoots are just coming through. Some of them will be about 12 or 15 inches high and of course they're very tender at that stage. So if you've planted asparagus and got young stuff just growing, a cane placed alongside them and a tie will be very helpful. And also keep an eye out for slugs, the old story. <laughs> I'm very pleased to introduce you today to Adam Pascoe. Adam and I go back uh, for a good few years, I think it'd be fair to say. He was founding editor for that really successful BBC Gardener's World magazine and currently editor of the uh, Waitrose Gardening magazine. Adam, how are things up Hello, there in Peter. Peterborough? Very well. In, P- in uh, Peterborough, where I've been based for a few years now, looking really good. I, I just absolutely adore this time of year because all of a sudden we turn a corner uh, once we get to uh, March and April and the days have got longer uh, the bulbs have come up and we've had those wonderful displays of narcissus and now you know, every day you go in the garden and some, something else seems to have burst into bloom and the seeds are germinating and oh, it, it, the garden is full of excitement and promise isn't it? It is and I love to see the new growth on trees. I was involved yes. a long time ago with some of that roadside planting at Peter borough where we had thousands and thousands of trees going in and that new growth on uh, the oaks and the ash when it's seen from a distance is really beautiful isn't it it is lovely i mean the the garden goes through seasons and we all know those seasons we all have our favorites we have a favorite time of year but trees like you say i think trees are an important part of of any garden even a, a tiny garden so often people don't think they've got room for a tree but once the sap starts rising, you know, if it's been dormant all winter and all you've had is those sort of unpromising twigs, looking at my apple trees at the moment and you suddenly notice the buds starting to open, the first green of the leaves and the flowers uh, are there on the fruit trees as well, just coming and you just sort of, you know, it puts a little bit of happiness in your heart, doesn't it, as you look forward to what's to come in the summer. Yes, and and a spring in your step, you know, I can actually, I, like to, I can I like sense that spring in your step. <laughs> Adam, can I take you back? Yeah. I mean, because you started pretty well in journalism with Garden News, if I remember correctly. It was actually with Garden Answers magazine, Peter. I um, wasn't quite sure where I was going to go with my career. Probably a lot of people are in, in that position. You know, what am I going to do? What qualification am I going to have? And so on. And I started off with a, with a high enough diploma in a, what was then applied biology. Decided that wasn't my route. Went back to university and studied horticulture thinking I was going to go into advisory work then with, with the then Ministry of Agriculture. But in my final term at university, a brand new gardening magazine uh, was launched down in London from Haymarket Publishing called Garden Answers. And I saw an advert in the back of Horticulture Week, which is where we all look for jobs back in those days. And they were looking for a technical editor and I applied and I got it. And that was my first step into journalism on the new monthly Garden Answers. From there, I moved on to the weekly garden news. Um, And from there, 
got a phone call one day and I was lucky enough to be approached thanks to Jeff Hamilton who put my name forward, the late Jeff Hamilton who presented Garden as well, at a time when the BBC was looking at expanding its publishing portfolio. Um, they'd launched Good Food magazine, which was very successful, and thought, actually, our audience does like gardening and Gardener's World as a television programme had been very popular and so they approached me to create the magazine version. Don't I remember something about garden drugs? Well, <laughs> back in the day, Peter, you know, when you're trying to get into a very competitive marketplace, gardening magazines then you know, had gone through the typical remit of putting a, a packet of seeds on the front cover and trying to get you to, uh, to buy it and so on. But when we were creating Gardener's World magazine, we would try to be a little, a little bit more adventurous and came up with some new ideas. And we got to know a, a company in Wales who did a lot of plastic moulding. They made little plastic gizmos and widgets and bits and pieces which you'd buy in garden centres, you know, the plastic dibbers and the like. And they came up with an idea for a garden truck, a plastic truck. And it was so big that actually the magazine fitted inside the truck. <laughs> and uh, that was our free gift. It was all in a bag. The garden centres and news agents were absolutely astonished that anyone should come up with a, with a gift that was so big. But the worst of it was back in the days then, we had an awful lot of subscribers. And the problem the post office had is this truck with the Garners World magazine wouldn't fit through any letterboxes at all. So it was, I think we created quite a stir across the country, but it was a phenomenal success. Um, things are different now, but, but at our peak, we were selling just short of 400,000 copies of Garners World magazine every month. Um, that was putting gardening in the top 10 magazines sold in the country. And you and I know that gardening is popular, but a lot of people, I don't think we're quite how popular gardening is as a hobby. You get relentless food and cookery programs on television, but probably you've got more people actively gardening than actively cooking, I'm sure. Oh, I, I'm sure too. But I mean, the thought of 400,000 trucks and, ha and half of them going through <laughs> that the was a, It was an awful lot of plastic <laughs> moulding, I tell you. And I think the, the, the company in Wales that was making these, these gadgets, I think they almost blew up their local substation because they were using so much power to, to make these things 24 hours a day. This machine was belting out trucks and handles and, uh, and so I've, still got, I've actually still got my truck. It was a, it was a really nice gift. Uh, it hit the spot at the time. I think things have moved on a little bit now. Um, but uh, still, it was just trying to get get people gardening, which is what you and I have been trying to do all of our sort of working lives, is trying to get people to pick up a magazine, read a gardening book, tune into a podcast, watch a gardening program. I mean, the gardening media has expanded massively, and we now reach people in different ways. But back then... Television and magazines and newspapers were the, were the key ways that we were spreading the message. Oh, without question. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But in the course of your work, Adam, you, you'll have met all the big names, won't you? Uh, I've been in, so in lucky t- because yeah. my inspirations when I go back to, you know, I was first getting, you know, before I did my degree, and I was first getting interested in gardening. Obviously, gardened as a kid and, uh, and so on and so on. But then I was watching people like Jeffrey Smith, um, who developed a fantastic television series called World of Flowers. And Jeffrey would travel the world finding the origins of different plants and flowers. And I can just picture him you know, in Mexico, lying flat on the ground, looking at where the first dahlia species came from, um, actually then towering great plants, which you know, the plant hunters would have got and brought back and bred and hybridized and, and so on and so on. Jeffrey's enthusiasm was infectious. Um, he clearly loved plants. He had an absolute passion for gardening. So when I launched Gardener's World, I had the pleasure of thinking, then, Why, I need someone to write a wildlife gardening column. Um, got in touch with, with, with Jeffrey, and he you know, very gratefully said, yes, he'd like to do it. So I've worked with the great Arthur Billet when I was on Garden Answers. Arthur was one of the original presenters of, of Gardener's World Television. He um, produced the program from his garden at Clacks Farm. Jeff Hamilton, Your Good Self, Alan Titchmarsh I've worked with for, for many, many years as well. People who I admire, I've got their books. I mean, your, your book on shrubs, Peter, it was one of the first gardening books I ever bought. When I started working in horticulture before I did my degree, I worked on a, a tree and shrub nursery called Slowcox just outside Woking in Surrey. And my passion was shrubs. It still is. I do love shrubs. I think they're in many ways undervalued and hopefully due for a little bit more of a revival because they're valuable plants in the garden. But your book on shrubs was just a really good pictorial encyclopedia, which introduced me to many of the shrubs I still grow and love today. Keep stroking my back, <laughs> uh, Adam. We all, like, we all like flattery. But, I mean, when you mentioned Slowcock, goodness, what a name that was. Um, well, did you work with the son, Martin? Or? I worked with Martin Slowcock. Um, yes, Slowcocks was an old-fashioned nursery. They used to be based just outside Woking in Surrey. I think it was called Goldsworth Park or something, which then they sold the old nursery for buildings. I think it's called Goldsworth Park. If anyone knows the Surrey area and the Woking area, they'll know. Martin Slocott moved the nursery to, to Knapp Hill, and I started there pre-university working on a number of things. My, my first job there, which it was in the autumn, 
and I worked with the rhododendron foreman there, a guy called Paul. Um, quite a young chap, but looked much older, great big thick beard, used to puff away at a pipe as he walked around the nursery. And as we moved into that first winter, I was on the nursery, I was working with him. He was the rhododendron foreman, and we would go out in the morning um, with the tractor, with some pieces of hessian sacking, with a bowl of string, with our spade, and we would dig rhododendron plants out of the field with a lovely big ball of roots we would then tie tightly tie a piece of hessian sacking around those roots and that is what the customer got sent this was almost before the day when everything came in a plastic pot these were field grown plants which were lifted and, and sent out to customers and i remember one day paul would pick up the order list in the morning and he looked at this order of rhododendrons right today we've got these plants to dig up from the field he said these are the plants that the queen mother has ordered from the chelsea flower show because slowcock put on fantastic displays of rhododendrons at chelsea the queen mother every year would walk around look at the stand and make a note of the varieties and order them and that day we lifted the plants for her garden what experience you've got then Adam, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, but you need that depth of experience, don't you? And I mean, you're using that now for the gardening magazine. I'd like to think so. People in publishing publish in different ways. People are always looking for trends and fashions. The problem with, I think, quite often the TV media is they're almost looking for a wacky alternative angle rather than uh, trusting the subject matter can speak for itself um, and relying on the fact that you don't need to make plants trendy, wacky, alternative. They have the natural beauty that, that, that nothing else can compete with. So because I've always had that interest in plants, I try and, when I develop the content plan for a magazine, like at the moment with Waitrose Garden magazine, you just want to write about things or get other people to write about the things I want to read about, the gardens I like to visit, the techniques that I know people can use in their own gardens that will deliver them success, take the guesswork out of gardening. Avoid the pitfalls. You know, you and I have, have been through those pitfalls. We've fallen down the holes. We've made the mistakes. Yeah. You now want to share the success so that people can be successful first time um, and therefore not wasting you know, time, money and effort being unsuccessful. Yes, an old solicitor up in Norfolk once told me that you regret your economies, never your extravagances. And I think in gardening, you know, yes, buy the best packet of seed, buy the best plant, because otherwise you can lose a season or half a lifetime. You can, you can. But there's several aspects to gardening. I and mean, we've seen that, you know, through the years, particularly with the ground force days and so on, um, a sector of society that want it now, possibly a sector of society have got a little bit of money in their pocket and they think they can buy instant gratification. Of course you can do that in gardening, but to me that's not really what gardening is all about. You're missing something if you think that I, I'm just going to buy ready-grown plants, particularly vegetable plants. I think you know, people go out and they're, they're spending a lot of money buying you know, some, some ready-grown beans in a, in a pot um, or a, a ready-grown <laughs> courgette plant or something like that, when actually with how fun it is and the enjoyment you can get and possibly the money you can save if you bought a packet of seeds 
choose your variety carefully, something you know is going to taste good, something which has possibly got built-in disease resistance that you're looking for. Choose your variety wisely and then just enjoy the thrill of sowing the seed and watching it grow. You miss all of that if you go out and just, you know, with 10 quid in your pocket and you buy the plants instead. And that's what you hope you can share. But sometimes in publishing, the people that are making the decisions don't share the same passion as, <laughs> as possibly you and I have got. And, and you're trying to educate them along the way and say, no, 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 trust me, trust me. The, you know, this is what readers want. You might not think it's that exciting, but this is what gardening is all about. It's quite hard work, isn't it? Do, doing that persuasion, yes, I've been down that route. But, um, but Adam, it's, it's great to hear your enthusiasm. And, and I, I really don't understand why, after all the years I've been gardening, seeing a bean grow still gives immense satisfaction. Why is that? I'm not quite sure what it is about that natural connection that we've, we've got. And some of us need and some of us miss um, in life. Certainly, you know, hoping that you know, things go full circle. Some people carry on with this, you know, a hectic lifestyle and possibly miss out on stopping and looking and listening. And I do try and say that when I give gardening talks. I quite often finish the gardening tour that might be full of plants and ideas and practical tips and so on. I always finish with enjoy the moment. Just take and spend that little bit of time sitting and looking and when you do you suddenly notice you know, what nature is doing behind our backs sometimes in front of our very eyes other times whether it be the insects whether it be the birds whether it just be the way plants are growing seeds are germinating anything is growing. You know, the way weeds come up you know the opportunism of a weed that finds a little gap and and decides to make its home in the garden i was out this morning actually the gaps between my paths have, have got some bittercress weed growing. And bittercress is a little tiny weed. It starts flowering you know, really, really early in the year. But it's so successful because you see the flower heads on it. As soon as you touch them, they shatter and explode <laughs> and spread their seeds out across your garden. They're so successful and colonizing an area and, and you, you just have to wonder at, at, at nature and, and the plants which are there so you, you do want to try and spend the word just say look just spend a little bit of time pottering gardening no matter what your level of expertise is no matter how small your garden is there is something you can do you know i just say so take one pot fill it with compost sprinkle some salad and mix salad seeds over the top within weeks you'll be just enjoying picking some lovely tasty fresh salad leaves that you have grown yourself and it costs pence to do peter doesn't it it does adam it's great speaking to you i must chat more about the slowcock history and and of course those experiences with the great uh, tv gardeners thank you very much for joining us it's been today. lovely talking to you peter happy gardening there is one question uh, which has come through to me from somebody with increasing years uh, up in the uh, fens uh, who's worried that the garden is getting away from them and, and they really want advice on what to do. My advice really is that if your garden is too big and if you're not coping, is to pull back, you know, let Mother Nature have the corners. If that really worries you, 
then you need to plant strong, vigorous shrubs uh, and then just cover the ground beneath them with a weed-suppressing membrane. Make sure that the moisture can get through that. Uh, and then you can just uh, concentrate what energy and efforts you've got closer to home uh, and make that look uh, the way you want it to be and really don't worry too much about the rest. The only other alternative with uh, modern housing estates now having a very limited garden space is perhaps to uh, send a letter to the local paper or speak to your local uh, uh, BBC broadcasting programme and, and just say, does anybody want a bit of land? Because uh, it's not always easy uh, for young people who would like to grow uh, a few uh, fruits and vegetables to find space. And who knows, you may be able to share part of your plot. I wish you luck, but whatever you do, don't worry about it. Gardening needs to be, as Adam said, a pleasure. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Mr Fothergill Seeds. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 